0: Welcome back to the Pool Pro Podcast. This is Dave Rockwell with Michelle Cavanaugh. Hey, everybody. And Michelle is in. <laughs> you can hear us. <laughs> Where are you today?
1: I'm in South Dakota by the Missouri River. So, you know, my internet is questionable at best.
0: Well, glad to have you with us. And uh, we're also glad to welcome back Chris Brinks from HASA. Uh, he's going to be giving us an update on the liquid chlorine situation. Uh, it's been about a month since the last time we talked and, and uh, at least where I'm sitting, we're still Having some supply issues, and and uh, so we were glad to get Chris uh, to come back on and kind of give us an update, and and uh, maybe one of these times we'll have him on, and he's going to have some really good news for us. But let's <laughs> let's see what we got today.
2: We're we're getting there. We're 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 slowly slogging towards it. So thanks thanks Dave and Michelle. Um, I want to. Thanks first for all, coming thank on, you, Chris. Thank you, Michelle. I want to thank you for um having me on the first time, um, admittedly, it's not, it's not my forte to do things like this. So um, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, uh, I appreciate a lot of the feedback that you've shared with me. And that also, uh, I, I've heard of uh, good and bad um, related to, you know, our efforts to communicate to the pro community, which is really what this is all about for us. Uh, at HASA. we um, in, in, in the recreational water treatment business, we do put the pro first every day and anyone who's sitting inside of the walls of four walls of Hasa knows that uh, not a conversation goes by where we don't talk about how everything we're doing uh, impacts the pro or, or helps the pro in some way. So thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on again. I'm glad we to appreciate have you. you yes. uh,
0: yeah, th- thanks for, thanks for being willing to talk about this. Um, so what I'm seeing on the ground here in Southern California is we're still having supply shortages. The, the chlorine is, is trickling in, but uh, again, I'm showing up to branches and, and they're out of product. They're, it seems to be almost acid worse than chlorine right now. They, they, they get shipments of chlorine, but the acid's coming slowly. Is that, is that for, for a reason?
2: Yeah, that's probably accurate. Um, just, you know, just by way of, I think, what we talked about um, about a month ago, Uh, remember a month ago we were, we were dealing with, um, basically a complete shutdown on the elemental chlorine that's used to make sodium hypochlorite known as bleach. I'll use the term uh, interchangeably about, I'll talk about liquid chlorine today, which is what the average pro knows our product as, um, that elemental chlorine was essentially shut down on the West coast through for the month of June, which was, which was really torturing the supply chain. Um that then started to loosen up in it by the end of June. And then the rail cars started to get filled and then they were on their way. They ran into some bumps up north, chlorine uh, coming from Canada and Washington uh, where we have a partnership um, that obviously bumped up against all of the wildfires in Oregon that uh, we all know about. Uh, and uh, I would say suppliers, in the Texas basin were sluggish to respond, um, allowed them to meet certain objectives. They were trying to meet in terms of, you know, uh, the markets that they, that they prioritize, um, but it took a while to get chlorine all the way from Texas to California. So we saw that, we saw it limp in, in the first couple of weeks of July. We're starting to see it fill up. I mean, our, our, our plants are now, the rail yards are filled three, four, five, six cars deep with elemental chlorine, we're now making bleach at, um, at our planned July operating rates, uh, which are higher than what our June operating rates were. But still, um, this, this chlorine molecule kind of tends to be trapped, right? At first it was trapped at the manufacturing sites of these large chemical producers. Then it was trapped in the rail cars. Uh, now it's in some level, it's been trapped in our tanks because we can make enough bleach, but can we get enough into a bottle Uh, And then once it's even in the bottle, uh, you only have so many drivers, we do pay them overtime. I mean, our drivers are working the full legal allowed amount. We have hired more drivers uh, as hard as that is to do in today's environment, but you can only get so many bottles out in a day, even when they're filled. Um, And some of our distributors and some of our supply chain partners are capable of picking up on will call, but most of them have not been tooled up to do something like that, to come get it, even if it's sitting in our yard and the bottles are full. Um, And then there's always the push and pull and the shift of how do you run your production capacity. If you only have 50 guys in the plant and that's all you can hire because of today's hiring environment, uh, do you put them on the bleach line or do you put them on the acid line? That's kind of a day to day, almost like a guess. Uh, Are we going to get more mileage on the acid line or more mileage on the bleach line? And so what you are experiencing as, as sort of the voice of the pro today is the push and pull that we're going through. Um, even as we try to meet out-market demand. I mean, we think, we think from our best estimates, demand continued to be something between 20 and 30% above anything we've ever seen in the month of July, historically. Again, all of this really due to those fires, uh, or the, the, the single plant fire um, out in Texas uh, by the tab manufacturer. Um, so it's still a situation of wanting more than our plants are capable of getting out. Uh, just as you know, one little old Hassa to serve the entire industry. We're doing our best. Um, and we typically see a downtick in, in in August versus July demand. So the math we can do, and the best we can do is the math and, and then try to work towards it, uh, suggests that we will get much closer to the market need in the month of August. Uh, I'm happy to say we've got the chlorine uh, at the plants. We've got as many employees as we're going to get Um, And they're sticking and they seem to be pretty happy and motivated to finish the, I use the analogy of first half and second half of the game. They're all very motivated in the second half of the game to um, get product out. They know what they do is important. And, um, and, and, um, and they're being well compensated to do it. So uh, I think August will be better than July uh, and, uh, and September, I think we're really going to be kicking, kicking butt.
0: Well, the hopefully that works out to be true that we're near the light at the end of the tunnel. I've noticed on social media, some of the comments to us and some of the comments elsewhere on posts that you've made. Um, there are a number of guys that are really frustrated and and from my standpoint, as somebody who's in the field, I I get that. Um, this time of year being a, being a pool tech is a tough job. Anyway, you got, you're trying to get to 15, 20 pools a day. Um, and and uh, you're just frazzled just just with the keeping the bare minimum together, and then on top of that, you've got to go two or three different places to get chlorine. And when you go there, you're only allowed to buy three cases. Um, it's a it's definitely a monkey wrench in there that that uh, makes this a hard job already that much harder for the for the pool tax.
2: Yeah, especially this time of the, the this time of the year. I mean we understand the season cause we've been on the supply side of that season for four decades now, I think as a company, and, um, this will be my fourth season. Uh, and, uh, in all the different industries I've been a part of, I've never seen anything like the pool season and the degree to which it ramps up and how frenetic it is. Uh, and it, you know, other than saying we get it, uh, I don't know what else to say, because I, I know that, uh, I, 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 look every Haas employee in the eye in the morning when they're coming in and, th- they somehow walk in motivated even though they are dog tired at the end of the day. Right. Uh, so as hard as the pros work, uh, we're, we're working just as hard to do our best. Um, you know, there's the realm of the things that you could control and the realm of the things you can't control. We can't control the market demand. Uh, and I'm not even happy to see so much market demand for my products. I wish it was less so that everybody could be satisfied. Um, but those that's in the realm of things we can't control. What we can't control is, staying upbeat, trying to put the best product we can out every day, doing it safely, because the last thing the industry needs is HASA to run in a way where one of my plants goes down. Uh, we're putting more money than we ever have into our plants and our facilities, having learned the lessons that others have learned the wrong way to make sure that our plants uh, stay uh, stay up and stay healthy and can get quality product out. And um, there's a large balance of things we have to do there to make sure that we can continue to serve the industry. This is going to be something we need to do better um, in the back half of this season. And we're going to, you'll see. Uh, But it's also something we're going to do better in the down season and, and um, much better next year. I
0: think it might be something that we may have to get used to is that there's been kind of a fundamental change in people's behavior since COVID that they stay home more. They, They, they're not as even interested in traveling. They're afraid to travel. They're, there, uh some countries are still shut down there's um different states have different rules and regulations and and so people are just saying no oh, heck with it i'm staying home and so they're using their pools uh to a level that they never have in the past
1: right
2: yeah i mean pools are fun uh that's a big part of why a lot of us are in this industry and uh I think it's wonderful that people have really rediscovered their pools. And by the way, people have rediscovered their pools. Um, the technology, Dave, you could speak to this. The technology in the swimming pool today is like uh, space age compared to the technology that was in swimming pools 10 or 20 years ago. So the pool experience is better. And sure. now people are going in. They're really enjoying that pool experience. Um, they're swimming in crystal clear water. They're not as irritated by you know overuse of chemicals. The average knowledge level, of the the average pro today is is far, far better than it was probably better of what it used to be, right? Um, Which is something I'd I'd like you to remind me to talk about a little bit later, because I think there's always a little bit more we can do in that regard. But I think that combination of things, um, boy, I I see a lot of pools uh, in my job, uh, even though that's not the only thing HASA does. We also make sure people's drinking water is safe, do a lot of other things. But I see a lot of pools, and um, they're mostly beautiful are mostly sparkling and pristine and pools that anyone would want to swim in uh and i don't know that it was that way i mean even i remember in a kid having a lot of bad experiences with pool chemistry well
0: there was a we've referred to it on other episodes of this podcast there was a survey done back in the early 2000s of people's dominant memory of summer and one of the top couple things on that list was the smell of chlorine in a pool which is right not what we, we want know
1: okay yes a big big (coughs) galaxy there
0: yeah
1: hey chris Um, can i ask um you know when you look at the forecast for the swimming pool industry worldwide in the next several years obviously we're going to see a huge increase worldwide Mm -hmm. in the swimming pool industry so your demand is probably never going to be what it has been prior to this year and what do you say to those people who have a concern that you didn't plan ahead effectively knowing that there was a big increase coming and now that you to know that there's going to be, you know, increased demand for several years to come. What do you say to those people that, you know, want to know if you're going to be prepared for that?
2: Uh, so first of all, we, we did have a lot of plans laid in for this year and this summer, and we consulted a lot of folks who were very smart about this uh, and nobody anticipated the level of demand that we're actually facing. Uh, and at the end of the day, it gets down to numbers and, and actually, you know, putting in a plan and spending, we spent a fair amount of money to be ready for the season. Um, but nobody knew it would be as big as it is one. Um, and then there are the things that you can't plan for, you know, um, the, the unknown unknowns, nobody knew that there would be a plant, uh, you know, a chlorine shortage. Uh, nobody knew that the upstream chlorine manufacturers would start to get, um, tricky with supply. Uh, And nobody knew, uh, nobody knew that the labor market, depending on what kind of political blogs you're on, nobody really knew that the labor market was going to be as it is today. Also, nobody exactly knew, nobody exactly knew when the economy would come back due to COVID. And that very, very starkly affects drivers and driver supply. Drivers are, um, drivers have a lot of options when it comes to employment. And, um, it's not uncommon for, I mean, we have a lot of very loyal drivers at Hassa, but to bring on more drivers is pretty hard in today's environment. And, uh, and a lot of that's, you know, really a sign of the booming economy that we have because of, you know, the,
0: the, the return of COVID. I, I also heard some people that were, were doubting that. And then the other day I had the opportunity, or the misfortune actually of driving through the industrial areas, the warehouses in Fontana. And every giant warehouse has signs begging for drivers begging for warehouse personnel um, I think that's that's the um, that's the hot it's job right, it yeah. seems like it's it's um uh, everybody's everybody's looking for that and and so I, I I now have a better understanding of, of the, the yeah. difficulty. and now, It's
1: not just the difficulty, this. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, and, and uh, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've, seen some, I've seen some snide comments about uh, how much HASA pays. And I, I, I could tell you, um, with all the incentives that we, that we load in, um, somebody can come in uh, day one with no experience to HASA. If they're willing to learn and willing to work hard, they will make more per hour than I made as a degreed chemist uh, in my first job uh, right now, which I think is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Now,
0: isn't it true too that, that, um, you can't just hire every average truck driver off the street. I mean, they're transporting a hazardous material. Don't, is there special certifications and things that they have to go through?
2: They typically have to be class A drivers. They typically have to be hazmat certified. And then, you know, we don't just select any driver. Um, were pretty particular because our drivers have there's a very high service component to our type of delivery uh, that um, that we really need to hit the standard on
0: so the bottom line is uh, the oh, as you look at the uh, well here let me let me go back to our situation here in Southern California it seems to me like the uh, production issues are kind of starting to, to, we're seeing them in the rear view mirror. They're they're getting behind us. We're, we're getting the production. Now it's the matter of getting the chlorine where it needs to be. Is that what I'm hearing okay. from you?
2: That, that That's right. And to the point where even if I've got chlorine in a tank and there's a partner that can get it into a bottle and I can't, or a partner that can get it uh, to a customer, even if it's not my brand, I'm going to do what it takes to get product to the pro, at least for now. Um, they have a lot of other options uh, in in the in the down season. But right now we're doing everything we can. We're doing some things that the textbook would say we shouldn't be doing, but we're doing it because it's to the benefit of the pro. And you know I'll, I'll say I'll say another thing, you know, because this kind of loops around to the idea of education. Uh, you will never see, I think you'll never see somebody at a company the size of Hasa recommend a competitive product. But I think now is a time, if pros have to face change today because of the limited supply of something, that's as convenient as liquid chlorine, um, there are a lot of other great technologies out there. There are a lot of other products that are very competent and with the right amount of training, um, they're, they're really good products. I mean, my, my, uh, my friend uh, Harold Evans over at Orenda, those enzymes, great technology, right? And if you're using a technology like that in conjunction with less chlorine, you can optimize the amount of chlorine and, um, and you can really stretch what you're using and you can get a great counterbalance of effects. And by the way, use it, it, it takes full effect of the new high performance filtration. I mean, a filter in a swimming pool today is like I said, it's like NASA technology compared to where filters were a couple of years ago. So, um, the combination of those technologies, uh, that's, that's, they're better together, right? It's clearly better technology together. Um, you know, there I'm not a fan of how they advertise. Cause I think they, I think they advertise in a way that's um, at least to me confusing. And if it confuses me, it probably confuses the broader market. But the sodium monopersulfate guys, that is not a bad technology. Uh, I'm not a fan of loading up my pool with sulfates, but, um, you know, but it, sodium monopersulfate does work well in conjunction with chlorine in order to get more effect out of your chlorine. Um, and, um, you know, and even good old Cal Hypo is out there and does a good job. I'm always cautious about that one because, you know, I mean, Dave, I think you even saw the fire down in LA. Right. Uh, it's got to be handled very cautiously. And I worry a lot about people putting the wrong tab in the wrong feeder, or we've seen a lot of kind of really careless activity, people trying to dissolve uh, Cal hypo into bleach tanks uh, in order to try to make a bleach tank work. That's exceptionally dangerous. And, yeah. you know, we're going to continue to try to educate the industry that there are a lot of options. Um, so
0: So, yeah that's that's another area Uh, i saw some kind of pushback from some posts that you made on social media sites but you were uh, promoting a a class that you uh, bought from bob lowry Uh, Mm now you actually paid a fair amount of money to take over Uh, a one day class certification chemistry class that actually teaches people how to use less chlorine and use chlorine more efficiently. So I I think, you know, more than getting pushback for that, I think you deserve credit for it.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, it's the long term, that's the long term right thing to do. And uh, pros, every dime counts for a pro. So, you know, we're we're thinking long term. I'm, pr- I'm proud that our technology is on the right side of the environmental story. It's on the right side of the total cost and use story. It's on the right side of the life product lifecycle story. But uh, I love being the head of a company where the products just work and they work great. And we're in a great position that it is a cost effective solution. Um, so if cost effectiveness is one of the reasons why pros love our product, why not, why not help them just get the most mileage that they can. And, uh, if I may, I'd like to tell you a story we've been, we've been partnering with, um, with, uh, a technology out there called, uh, Sutro, which is really cool because it allows you to real time, three times a day, use chemical titration to see how a pool is performing. And for a variety of reasons, we're, we're partnering with them to do a bunch of different work, but, um even our pros, I got guys with 20, 30 years in in the industry, these are folks that know everything about how to use HASA product. When we're testing pools that we're we're testing this unit and we're testing the pools, even my guys are over chlorinating. My guys are running five or six PPM. Okay, so let's just do some simple math. If my guys are running five or six PPM and all they really need to be running is three PPM, that's almost twice as much chlorine is being used as needs to. And if the market really only needs 30% more, and everybody just used 10% less chlorine or 20% less chlorine, and which, by the way, makes a safe pool, a clean pool, a well-functioning pool, there'd be enough juice out there, probably, is right. the reality. Uh, I'm sure people will yell and say, don't tell us use more chlorine, just make more chlorine. I mean, I think, you know, anybody who squares a circle on that will see the lack of logic on that. I mean, the, the right thing to do is everybody just kind of stick to their knitting and do a little bit better and conserve.
0: Uh, 30 years ago when I started uh, doing pools the guys that trained me were incredibly sloppy in in their testing methods they never measured their pools they never knew how many gallons were in the pool they paid no attention to dosing everything was see to the pants and although there's still a fair amount of that in the industry uh, more and more people are educating themselves and and when you do that you um, you find out what you just said is true that that you can cut your chlorine usage and expenses usually um, significantly and that's a benefit to everybody that's a benefit to your bottom line
1: yes
2: yeah and i have got friends in the industry you know i won't i won't name them but you know i've got a, a good friend in palm springs he's got a very large concern 20 30 trucks one of the ways he got there is that he actually pays attention to what he's putting in the pool. And he happens to have a master's degree in chemistry. Uh, and that kind of helps him, but you don't need it. I mean, that's why we're sponsoring these programs. But he gets he gets, hey, if I, if I save, if I save 10% on my chemical cost, I could buy another truck. And if I have another truck, then I can go save another 10% across that many more pools. Um, that is help to the one polar who wants to compete with the large guys. That's help to the guy who's a three pole company that wants to be a hundred pole company someday. And it never hurts. It never hurts for the, for the hundred truck guy to just stay on top of it and and to have partners uh, who will do that math for them and help them, help them get to new technologies. So um, hopefully that's not too boring for your audience to, to talk a little bit about how the economics tie to the supply tie to how we get through this together. Uh, I know it's not as satisfying as, you know, me announcing that we built a new plant or something like that, but um, it's always a balance.
0: And it's just, it's the way the world is right now. It's a, the the uh, abundance and wastefulness that we had a couple of years ago. I don't think we're ever going to be able to go back to that. And, and probably we shouldn't, you know, maybe this is a chance to take a look at what we're doing and how we're doing it and, and look for ways to do things more efficiently and do it better.
2: Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's been amazing to see how many people have finally kind of realized what the effect of having 200 PPM of cyanuric acid in your pool is because we're getting calls and we'll get calls like, Oh, your chlorine is weaker than it used to be. Well, trust me. Uh, I actually, I, I, one of those calls made it through to my office, uh, to my desk is, cause I'll, I'll take a call from anybody. If, if no one else can pick up the phone and it was your chlorine's weaker. And I said, okay, well, let me look at that. And I happened to be at the plant that day. So I can walk back and we're checking it about 15 times a day when we're making it. I said, well, it came from this branch, which means it was made on this day and we can track that really easily. Cause it's usually like less than 24 hours right now between being made and get it, getting to a pro. Right. And I said, so to I, I looked at every number. I said, it was like, you know, here it was 129, 1295, 12, 9, 12 9, 5, 13, two, whatever. I, I mean, it, the product went out the door at the right. And I said, you know, did you check your C- CYA level? It's like, oh, my CYA is always at 50 parts million. I said, well, it's supposed to be, uh, and actually we think 30 is better, but did you really check it? And then, um, you know, we sent him a voucher. We thanked him for his, for, for for letting us take a look at it. But uh, I mean, the product went out the right way that day. And um, I'm pretty sure that, uh, that that guy was able to help himself by making sure his CYA levels were a little bit better tuned up.
1: Absolutely. But-
0: yeah that that's that's a big big component that, that people don't really realize is the trade off you make when you start bumping your cyanuric acid levels up it's like sure you've got a residual of chlorine there left over that wasn't used up originally but the trade off is that it's a much weaker form of chlorine because it's hand, got handcuffs and leg shackles on it
2: exactly um,
0: I
1: think too, Dave. the other issue David maybe you can speak to this for somebody who's been doing something you know for a pro who's been doing it the same way for years and doesn't really maybe have enough knowledge or know how to use less chlorine or doesn't know the the best way to do that is that a possibility and so they don't want to change it up in the middle of the season when they're already stressed out is that a possibility
0: very much so who's got time to go to a class this time of year it's it's, it doesn't happen Uh, that's why there's no trade shows and no training events usually uh uh, this time of year is because everybody recognizes the guys are in the field and they're doing what they're doing but i would strongly recommend to anybody out there that's doing things kind of the the ancient old way that i was trained in um get get yourself educated this winter spend some time spend some money um take a couple days off and go somewhere because we're getting in-person events now um and and uh you know kind of kind of learn that there's better ways out there to do things and there's ways to save chlorine and still keep your pool pristine um there's devices like the sutro i'm i'm gonna put my first one in a pool here shortly and uh, i really like the idea of being able to see is that what what most pool pros are not able to track they're able to track the, the chemistry when they get there um usually it's out of chlorine or close to out of chlorine and they put the chlorine in for the week and then then leave but they, they only get that one snapshot in time for for the whole week. They don't know what's going on in that pool. Uh, And customers never tell you how much they swim or how much they use the pool or whether the dog jumps in. Um, But the Sutro will tell you that. They have that floating around. Um, I'm very excited about that that technology for this type of uh, pool. Um, You don't need a super expensive chemical automation system, just this device couple hundred bucks I think and uh, uh, you get real information about what's going on in that pool all week long
1: is that available now Chris people buy that now
2: uh, you know you would have to go to you'd have to go to and Google Sutro because um, I know that we're testing them I don't know how far along they are and whether they're an alpha or whether they are whether they're actually selling them or not but I know that uh, I see. so far what we're learning from that device uh, is incredible Uh, It's helping us do things like launch our HASA liquid feeder, which I'm not here to sell to uh, your customers today, but a lot I mean, these things, these are the types of things that when we think about next year, how do we tackle the season, you know, putting in a consistent feed delivery system, um, regardless of the cost, right, whether you want to put in a higher, a higher cost one, like, you know, uh, like a blue white pump, or you want to put in a system with a controller, or you want to put in something simpler, like our HASA liquid feeder, um, I think a measurement component is going to be a really important part of that. So um, that's why we're looking at technologies like the Sutro. And so far, just as, as somebody with a chemical background, I you know I like wet tests. I think wet tests are proven. And they, I mean, it's the way w- when we're back in our labs at the Hassa plants, we're using wet tests. So I like the fundamental concept on that technology. Uh, I think people should check it out.
0: It also tests total total alkalinity, which there's still too many guys out there that don't check that every
2: week. So Yeah, and don't get it. And, you know, to your, to your point about the to your point about the, the training, um, we've got a bevy of, you know, five minute or 10 minute YouTube videos. So even the pro who's afraid of YouTube, you know, do it. Do what I did. I had my 16 year old fiddling with Zoom to get me on this call today. Right. Get your 16 year old, uh, you know, out there, get you on YouTube for 10 minutes and just remind yourself a few things about free available chlorine and how to titrate and get out a pad of pe- paper and a pencil and write down all your pools. And just look at where your chlorine is and, and think about maybe I could back off 10% on 10 of these pools or 20 of these pools. That alone is going to save you a lot of trouble. And the reality is, I'm, I'm getting out of, out of my depth here. I really need Terry Arco to speak to it, but you 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 could probably speak to it, Dave. If you're running one to two PPM of chlorine pretty consistently, you have a safe pool. You have a safe pool to swim in. Three is great, but you don't need five. You don't need six. Um and, and that that also goes to hoarding. I mean, we see a lot less of our returnable cases coming back than we see going out the door. That means there are folks with maybe some in some cases more product than they need sitting in the garage. Um, and boy, if some of those guys were just using a little bit less and tuned in a little bit better, then there'd be a few more cases uh, waiting at your branch when you came by to pick some up, Dave.
0: Well, that, I guess that's another question for you. Are, are you uh investing in more cases and more bottles so that you yeah. have the fill that need
2: we're going to spend three million dollars on new cases and bottles this year which is a lot
1: yeah just- i hear
0: you more that it's just a supply issue at this point um are we going to start seeing that lighten up or are we going to have to fight our way through August pretty much as we see it now?
2: Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a supply and a demand issue. Remember, demand is up 20 to 30 percent more than it ever has been. That will that will ease off in August, even as our supply is now at a, at a record level on HASA. Our supply is at a record level, but it doesn't feel like that way because everyone still needs more than we've ever been able to put out the door in the past. What normally we do is we usually start to relax production in August, September, October. We're not gonna do that. We're gonna, we're gonna keep the throttle f- full forward. I think we've kind of, it's just like using your muscles. Uh, the, team, the team's muscles are, are well greased up and, and they're ready to keep producing at July levels for August, September, October. Um, and as the demand naturally drops off due to seasonality, it's gonna feel better and better in August, September, and October. Um, and I think it'll feel significantly better in August. It will feel, uh, even better in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, September. It'll feel good in September is my view and October it'll be, it'll be, it'll be easy sailing. All right. Well,
0: there's a light at the end of the tunnel then.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah as long as we can continue to get the elemental chlorine, um, we're not seeing anything else. Uh, I just remind, uh, your audience that um, the chlorine is coming from Texas and it's coming from the North. So, uh, hurricanes can always push us around. Usually we have enough supply in the supply chain to buffer, uh, buffer our customers significantly against that. I think that's the only kind of known unknown that we have to get through now this season is, um, how do we keep the supply chain of elemental chlorine flowing? Um, I certainly know upstream, those guys are, are, uh, they're taking great advantage of the limited supply right now. Let's put it that way, and, and we're seeing that in, in our fundamental costs. They've gone up significantly, um, but um, we're doing everything we can to grab every molecule, uh, regardless of that.
0: Which is another reason to find out ways to use as little as possible, because it's we've got to mitigate that the, the increase in costs. Absolutely. We well, thank you, Chris. Is there is there anything more that you uh, you can tell us anything we haven't covered.
2: I'm trying to think. Uh, I know I tend to be kind of high flying and technical when I'm answering your questions, and I apologize for that. That's just sort of how I am thinking day in day out. Even though we've got, you know, uh, 15, 20 sales professionals out there every day that are that are meeting the pros, helping them solve their problems individually. Um, I guess we're working at every level to try to do better every day, and I appreciate all the pros that have been understanding about that. And honestly, I appreciate all the pros that have been vocal and are just having a grumpy day. I get that too. I have my grumpy days too. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's something we're all working against, you know, we're all in it together. So, you know, the less you put your finger in my eye, the more I the better I could see and help you all out. That's all I would ask uh, each and every pro out there.
1: Yes. Good way to say it, Chris.
0: I appreciate your willingness to come and, uh, Talk to us about it, explain uh, your side of things and what, tell us kind of the uh, behind the scenes, what's happening. Uh, one of the best ways to, to mitigate anger is to have as much knowledge about the situation as possible. And so hopefully that'll, mm-hmm. this will help with that. But uh, uh, we all, we all have had a tough year and uh, year plus a
1: tough couple of years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, so, but uh, we're you know, this is, this is an indication we're kind of figuring out ways to get through it. So,
2: yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate the format, uh, and I appreciate, uh, the questions. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris.
1: Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks everybody. Have a great, have a great, uh, have a great day. You too. A new voice in the industry, a resource for all education for you. This is pool pro podcast, build relationships, and share important news as we get ready for our next backyard adventure. Pool Pro Podcast, backyard adventures are better together. Please take a moment to share, like, and review our content with all of those that would be interested.